Hey, Michael Knowles here. The latest episode of Daily Wire Backstage is available now. Join me and a star-studded Daily Wire cast as we discuss the most important news of the day, the cultural insanity spreading across the country, and take live questions from the viewers, all while enjoying a wonderful cigar. Take a listen. Welcome to Daily Wire Backstage, brought to you by ExpressVPN. I am not Jeremy Boring. I am Michael Knowles. Jeremy was otherwise occupied this evening in all the amazing and multiplied projects that we're doing right now. I am joined tonight. I am joined by nobody. Nobody else has made it to the set. Uh, So it's me. And uh, we... Oh, hey. All right. There we go. Joined by Ben Shapiro. Thank you, you, sir. How are you? Uh, is, uh, is so good. Good to see you. Um, yeah. So I, I asked someone else to be here tonight. Actually, I, I, there's a conversation I've been waiting for a long time to have with you. But every time I want about, to have this about like 2024 or yeah, no. Um, like, I'm waiting for like almost 10 years. Oh, to so be frank, to, to have this conversation. Yeah. But every time I start to have this conversation, Jeremy walks in and just kills it dead. Yeah. And, is he coming? Is he? Uh, no, no, he's not. Yeah. I, actually, I was going to have Chris from HR step in. Oh, I, don't think I, I don't know if I know Chris. For a second. Well, Does he hey, have Chris, thoughts on stopping like, by? He has thoughts on like Russia. Yeah, Chris. Or, um, and, uh, yeah, hey. I appreciate it. Michael, great to see you. How hey. you doing? Hey, yeah. Great. So, yeah, it's it's mostly to prevent me from creating liability for the company that I asked Chris to, to be here. Yeah. So, like, I'm there are certain things I'm not allowed to say, like, that you should die in a car fire, apparently. Like, I was told by HR that I'm not allowed to say that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, I felt like now was like a great opportunity for a job performance review. Oh, oh been, good. We should have been having yeah. these annually. Yeah, I, but I agree totally. Yeah. Again, Jeremy mm-hmm. kept stepping in and, and not allowing that to happen. So mm-hmm. now we're gonna now we're gonna do that actually. Yeah. Because he's not here. So let's uh, let's. You want to talk about, about like? So we're gonna go all the way back to like 20, 2015, 2016, right? So when you my, started my best selling blank book. We'll get to that. So yeah. when you started at the company, yeah. um, you were originally hired with mm-hmm. some job descriptions and duties, including, for example, being in charge of social media. Oh, yeah. And um, you proceeded to never post anything on social media, but you did take a lot of audition calls yeah. in the office. You didn't get any movies. And, and sometimes out of the office. That's right. You didn't get any movies out of them, yeah. by the way, but yeah. you were an unemployable person, so uh, we, we apparently yeah. just kept paying you. Yeah. And no, but there were, don't forget, there was, there, was a, there was a span of like three or four weeks when I didn't show up to the office. Because I was shooting, I was filming a project right before that election, and, remember? Right, and, and it never, so that was, never really saw the light of day, did yeah, it? Yeah, what, did, you didn't, you didn't see the, you didn't watch the movie? <laughs> I, did, did it, what, was there a movie that, that Yeah, not for Daily Wire, it didn't uh, make any money for Daily Wire, but. Yeah, yeah or, but or it, ever. Yeah, wait. But in, in any case, hmm. um, so, you, you know, at that point, we probably should have called HRM. But again, Jeremy yeah. kept stepping in, you know, mm-hmm. and telling me I couldn't have this conversation, but he's not here tonight. So yeah. then you um, then we decided for and by we, I mean, Jeremy decided to give you a podcast, yeah. I, I guess, uh-huh. because I, I actually was looking up your credentials yeah. before the show and you're, you went to Yale. Uh-huh. Yeah. And. Um, that those were your credentials. Yeah. That there, were, there was nothing else. I could okay. not find any any other yeah. productive thing that you had done in your entire life. But, no, but as I mentioned, I was number one national bestselling author. Yeah. Then, then you, then as I recall, yeah. you somehow scammed me into giving a blurb <laughs> to a blank book, and uh, I did that. Yeah. And then you proceeded to not only make several hundred thousand dollars off of that blank book, yeah. 
I then proceeded to get you a book contract for that same exact blank book that had already sold several hundred thousand copies, mm-hmm. again, because my blurb was on it. And um, at that point, I wanted to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. As, uh, as HR can attest, I, it's in the file. And, uh, and still, Jeremy stepped in and stopped it. So over the course of the last uh, eight to 10 years, I would say that you've probably cost the company a couple million dollars, maybe three. Right. And the return... That, is that, that's all? The return on investment has been, shall we say, disappointing. Huh. And between that and the fact that you, we've had complaints, mm-hmm. many complaints, almost too many to count. The file cabinet is, is breaking mm-hmm. about you walking around shirtless in the office. Yeah, you're like, welcome, we, by the way. We have like actual dressing rooms where, you know, where you could put a shirt on yeah. and you wouldn't have to. So tonight is the night I have been waiting for nearly all of my professional life. And so, Chris, you have the paperwork with you, I believe. I do. It's, it's really less of a performance review and, and more of an exit interview. What was it like working here, Michael? And what, what, what do you see as the biggest problems with the company? So I guess, my, I guess the only problem that I would see right now is if I leave the show, yeah. then, then you're the only guy doing the show, right? How long, guys, how long is this show? 90 minutes. Um, do we have any advertisers? You. They're paying us money. Probably a lot. Like there's, so there's money. So I lose money if, if Michael, for the first time ever, mm-hmm. Michael being fired would lose me money, is what you're saying right now. Chris, can, can we do this a little later? I'll come back in two hours. I appreciate two that. Hours. Thanks. Hey, look, Thanks, I'll, guys. Listen, man, I'll take what I can get. You know, in the long run, we're all dead. Thanks. Thanks for stopping by, guys. I appreciate it. I'll see you in a little bit. Well, so, uh, so how are you? I'm uh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I'm good. Anything to talk about? Uh, well, yeah, no, I actually, I did, I did, uh, yeah, sorry, my mind kind of, I got, had a few different thoughts there. So the Wagner group, you know those guys. I, you know, I like, was thinking about <laughs> you know, the, coup, the coup d'etat. Actually, I do want to get to the Wagner group, but, but I legitimately, so we should say for some people, the reason Jeremy wasn't here to protect my employment is because he's working on a hundred different projects right now. We've got Mr. Walsh is out. He might be on his way. He might not Drew be is still alive. Way. Drew is alive. I did have Drew, to ask about that. I'm glad to know that. Yeah, no, I was told that I was told that Drew is actually at some sort of event starring Drew. And my initial response was that it was a funeral. <laughs> this is a starring role. I, I, yeah. I, right. I figured he was in the coffin, mm-hmm. but apparently that's not the case. But, but everyone, seriously, everyone is doing all these different things right now. And so we can't all meet up to talk about the most important story, which is something about Hunter Biden with drugs and like a payoff and like a, I don't what happened. That's true. That dude loves hookers and Coke and Parmesan cheese and not paying his taxes and paying off his father, apparently. But the, the thing, so they went after him. Right. They go after Hunter and they say, okay, we've got all this information. We have, video, we have hundreds of hours of videos of you committing all sorts of crimes all over the world. And so as a result of that, we're going to hit you with two misdemeanor tax crimes and, and sort of a gun charge. And a diversion. And a diversion, a, a diversion. with a gun charge. I, I like that it's called a diversion. But they First did. of all, like it's called the diversion, which sounds delightful. <laughs> I mean, I would like fun. just in my in my normal life to have a diversion. So yes, Hunter Biden was uh, he he. We have him on tape like cavorting with prostitutes. So he sur- and paying them to cross state lines to engage in, in said prostitution. Yeah. Apparently, he was paying a secretary on the West Coast, mm-hmm. and as we all know, secretary on the West Coast means a whore. Uh, so he was paying a <laughs> he was paying a prostitute. <laughs> You're going to go after me for my shirtless changing room. We we're going to get hit, with Michael. Labor. At any point, were you a secretary on the West Coast? In, <laughs> in any case, um, yeah the. Uh, 
so, so apparently the whistleblower has basically, the whistleblowers have a couple of things to say. Yeah. Thing number one is that they are, um, they're saying that the attorney general basically stepped in and stopped the, the prosecutor in this case from charging in a couple of different jurisdictions. Hmm. And there's pretty good support for that. Apparently there was a meeting October 7th, 2022, in which this particular prosecutor was told by, was told by Merrick Garland that he was not allowed to prosecute whatever he wanted. And he then told all of his lower downs. And one of those lower downs, a guy named Shapley, who works for the IRS, uh, that that um, he was not able to prosecute whatever he wanted. So it looks like a cover-up by the uh, Biden DOJ, which would not be surprising in any way. Of course. And that was problem number one. And then there is that text message, which is insane. They're right. This is the, For those who have not been watching, there's a text message. It's a he WhatsApp message. He actually. says, I'm sitting next to my father. He's writing, he's calling. I'm doing the crime. I'm doing the crime, <laughs> member of the Chinese Communist Party. Send me the money. I am, just in case you missed it, I'm sitting next to my father. So I have a question. Why is everyone in politics absolutely stupid? Were they all <laughs> dropped on their heads as babies? Like, they're accused of crimes, and then there are actual tapes and texts of them doing the crime. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, they're violating the first rule of doing crime, which is don't get caught doing crime. But he's going to get away with it. Because the, the only, look, I, the hookers and the drugs and the whatever, it's all. I mean, guns, first of all, it sounds all, like an amazing Saturday night. It's of beyond course, that. Yeah, the guy knows yeah. how to have a party. <laughs> but the only crime I actually care about, the only crime that really matters to the public interest as a matter of national corruption is the shakedown, selling American influence to the highest bidder all around the world. It looks like you got the Bidens dead to rights. It looks like it implicates Joe. And nothing. Nothing. No, no one will even ask the questions. So in the media, they, they started to ask questions of the White House press secretary, the world's most talented White House press secretary and historic White House press secretary, mm. who is historic because she's a black lesbian. <laughs> and she is, uh, and she said that she's historic, by the way. And they, they asked her multiple times about this. She's like, I'm not going to comment on that. So you'll come on on literally everything else, but this is the one thing where he won't comment on it. I mean, Joe is lying, right? So first, uh, I, I liked the lawyerly sort of massaging of the response. So it went from the original, the original statement by, by Hunter Biden's team and Joe Biden's team was, Joe does not know anything about Hunter's businesses, which was always implausible. He was riding on Air Force Two to China to pick up business. Mm -hmm. And also, Joe and Hunter were in regular contact. It's not like they're estranged. I mean, they were talking the whole time. And, and then it shifted to the president was not in business with Hunter. That is very lawyerly language. Yeah. I mean, the Technically, I'm not sure not that you and I are personally in business, right? right? Like I, I have, I own a part of the company that employs you, but I'm not sure that you and I are technically in business. I've not signed a contract with you at any point. And I, I never think. gave you a cut of the Chicom money that I've been getting from overseas yet, unless you, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Am I not supposed to say that on camera? Can we get Chris back in here? Can we, anyway, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, but no, of course. It, so it, they, it, they use very, very specific language here. And, you know, I don't know. If I were to commit a heinous crime, like a financial crime with the Chinese communists or something like that, I would want to make sure that my digital track is covered up, which is why I would want to turn to ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like taking a call on a train or a bus on a speakerphone for everyone to hear. Do you really want the whole train to know uh, what you're doing right now with the Chicoms? To keep your conversations private, use ExpressVPN. I love it. It's the only one that I trust to keep my data secure. ISPs know every single website you visit. They can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. ExpressVPN reroutes your network data through a secure encrypted tunnel so your internet provider can't see or sell your online activity. ExpressVPN is so easy to use. I absolutely love it. You just click a button on whatever device. I'm a complete Luddite. Even I can do it. You can do it too. Works on phones, tablets, laptops, routers, everything you want. Head on over to expressvpn.com slash Backstage, get three extra months for free. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash backstage. ExpressVPN.com slash backstage to learn 
more. You know, one of these secrets that we've been finding out, these secrets allegedly, and you're hearing all these congressmen and senators talk about it, is that they think that they believe in aliens and UFOs. And I'm so happy that Matt is not here right now because I don't want to hear his stupid nonsense about how the aliens and the UFOs are going to come down from outer space and kill us all so we can have an adult conversation about this this evening. We agree on this. is going to be a real short conversation. Thank goodness. I, I do sick not. Sick of it. I do not care. I, about I want to take advantage of every second that I have of Matt Walsh not being in this room because he keeps peddling it. Rubio was talking about this today. Did you see it? Really? Yes. Rubio was. He, he said, oh, his, "I don't know. I don't." Yeah. Between, so what, what was what was Rubio's take Rubio, on it? Rubio said, "I've heard from senior people in the government who I respect, who are admirable, who say that they can't really explain this, and it's technology that's beyond our capabilities." Uh, and, I mean, but between that and him, like, kind of crapping on capitalism recently, <laughs> I'm having some. I'm having some. Some. I, I like Marco. Some, some Rubio. He's, he's a he's a very nice man, and I and he's a good senator, and he needs to stop that. The, stop with the UFOs, guys. Find something better to it's do. It's totally fake. I, I, it's demons. By the way, right? <laughs> you and your demons. It's demons. Stop with your demonology. You don't think it's demons? I don't believe in demons. Really? Do Jews not believe in demons? Uh, it's, it's a controversial proposition. It depends on your definition of demon. Like, it's, it's, it depends on your definition of Jew. Wait a second. Right, that on. too. No, it's it, like, if, if you're talking in sort of the like technical, there are spirits that wander the earth doing evil to people, demon way. Yeah. Uh, I, I, no. Hmm. No. Like, I, like, no. Hi. Hey. But, but anyway, we're talking. Yeah. We were just talking about Hunter Biden. What's he doing right now? No, we were just telling me to walk in. I got no context to yeah. get. Oh, that's fine. No, we were just talking about Hunter Biden. Yeah, we weren't going to talk about aliens or UFOs or anything. <sighs> well, I'm not, I haven't been following the news, so that's the only thing I can talk about. Rubio's so. like half on your side. I Rub- hate it, Senator Rubio. Yeah. Oh, on the on the on the UFOs. On the UFO thing. Yeah. Apparently, he, he likes UFOs also. Are we going to talk about that right now? No. Anyway, so back to Hunter Biden. <laughs> yeah, so back to Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, b- bottom line is that uh, Hunter Biden is, Joe is pretty obviously corrupt. No one's going to ask a single question about it. It'll all go away tomorrow. And yeah. Joe is so blasé about this that he's openly joking about it. There's video of him today being like, I stole, I, I sold was selling secrets. State secrets. The, he's, he literally joked openly about selling state secrets. And everybody's just going to move along with this. It would be great if we had a presidential candidate who could meticulously target the problems that Joe Biden presents. Yeah. That, would be, that would be awesome. Hey, so, you know, I know we can't do horse race this early. But should we do is horse your, race? Is your favorite candidate going to be the nominee, Donald John Trump? <laughs> is, he? is he going to be the nominee? I mean, if I had to give odds, the answer is yes. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd give him like 65, 35 odds right now. Trump Kennedy, 24? Oh, sweet. Wait, you're not baby gang. Are you into Bobby Jr.? Uh, I, into him? Yeah, I mean, as a if I had to choose a Democrat, like he's a really ripped, hot guy, you know, like are you. I don't, I don't really get the, if I had to choose a if I had a gun to my head and had to choose a Democrat, I would choose him. But that's not saying much. Hmm. So, but could he? So here's my argument for for Trump. He's Kennedy. making a good argument for for testosterone replacement therapy. I'll be honest. <laughs> Alleged, like I, reportedly, allegedly, dude, the, he he did like eight push-ups and then picked up a and, and then did like an inclined bench press with forty five pounds on it. Yeah. You don't get to look like that na- naturally doing 45-pound bench presses and doing eight push-ups. I'm You're just telling some, you. Some I work out an hour to an hour and a half a day, and I don't look anything like that, yeah, man. Yeah. That, there's some unnatural things happening. But you, so you know why the Trump-Kennedy thing, though? Look, I'm not saying I'm advocating for it. Right, but Trump's biggest weakness is on the COVID vax and the way he handled it. Is that his biggest weakness? I think so. Of I all actually, the weaknesses, it, is, is yeah. it really? Is it the COVID? I, th- I think certainly with the Republican Party. It, or is it the possible imprisonment? No, that's not a problem because you, you could be elected <laughs> from prison. You could be elected and pardon himself, and then he's good. First of all, if I'm rooting for drama, I like that would be an amazing way for for season seven of Trump to end. Totally, right? Is that he's actually being sworn in in 
in federal prison, and then he just pardons himself. Yeah. He like yeah. put your hand on the Bible. He pardons himself, and like bring me the pardon documents. Yes. Like br- bring them to me. And mm-hmm. and as our friend Alan Estrid has pointed out, as Jeremy has pointed out, the narrative demands the most wild, crazy, exciting conclusion, and that that would be that. Matt, you're you're more pro DeSantis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cer- certainly. Well, when it comes to the primary, I think there are a lot of reasons why I prefer DeSantis over Trump. But when it comes to the primary, I'm kind of a single issue voter, which is can you win yes. in the general election? Because nothing else matters. So even if I agreed that Trump would be a better executive than DeSantis, which I don't, the bigger issues I just don't see. I don't see his strategy for winning. And I've asked Trump supporters this for months. And it's not. It's not accusatory. I'm. I'm saying. How does he win? What's the plan? How, how does he actually win the White House? So here, because here's if you can't he win the White House, it do, nothing else matters. Here's how he wins. Look, I'm, I'm fairly pessimistic on the whole... Uh, Him winning? Electoral thing? shots for Republicans, period, and, and, uh, and for Trump, too. But Biden's negatives are, are way higher than they were in, in 2020. Uh, country's in a different place. Uh, the base, I think, is more fired up for Trump. You look at some of those, again, I think the national polls this early are pretty silly, but some of them have Trump up over Biden. A lot of them have Trump up over DeSantis. Now you might say, well, okay, the polls are bogus or it doesn't matter because you're only talking about- Is there a poll that has Trump beating a generic, doing better than a generic Republican over Biden? Yeah. Uh, Generic Republican or DeSantis? Who's the number two guy? Generic Republican, first of all. No, I haven't seen that poll. Yeah, I mean, versus DeSantis, one of the things you have to take into account is, is lack of public knowledge of DeSantis as opposed to universal knowledge of, of Trump. But mm-hmm. the, the bigger issue, as you mentioned, is that basically this election comes down to like five states, right? Yeah. I mean, it comes down to Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, maybe Arizona and Georgia. But if you lose either Arizona and Georgia, you lost the election. It's already over. So if, if it really comes down to three, right, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Trump is trailing in all three of those states by every poll that I've seen. Hmm. So like, what, I don't see him winning any of those. So what is his, so, how does he win? Well, his 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 past magic some yeah like, no look I, I I think it's very hard I mean I think the Democrats rigged the system in 2020 I'm not saying that Hugo Chavez you know went in and poked numbers or anything we're just saying they you shouldn't changed. because that would create legal liability for us yes yeah, it's it's not, true. It, it turns out it's not true yeah it'll be Tucker and Michael on Twitter uh, <laughs> but but, but <laughs> and I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it has to be that but they changed all the rules and they changed the rules in a way that benefited Democrats in the case of Pennsylvania in a way that violated the state constitution. And uh, it's easy enough to say, well, Republicans just need to ballot harvest. But it's very hard for Republicans to ballot harvest when our voters are all over the country and their voters are all in these machine cities where you can drive around for two hours and get all your ballots. It's not that hard. Ron DeSantis did it in Florida. He he ballot harvested. Well, first of all- Yeah, he ballot harvested the living bleep out of the last election cycle. DeSantis also benefited, though, from a million new conservatives moving into the state. So the the one that, okay, so I, I know- Governor DeSantis fairly well at this point since he's the governor of my state. And he is meticulous in this sort of stuff. Like yeah. he's the, he's, he's actually, he and Trump are almost polar opposites in terms of personality. Hmm. Like tr- does, Trump does not care about policy. DeSantis cares deeply about policy. Yeah. Yeah, Trump yeah. is not a policy wonk. He has instincts. Trump, DeSantis is a policy wonk who really digs into this stuff. And when it comes to being meticulous about how he pursues his political aims, DeSantis is really, really good at that. And so, for example, back in 2018, he writes about this in his memoir. Everybody who was watching that race was like, this is a nail-biter with Gillum. Yeah. Remember, he, he ended up winning by like 0.4%. And DeSantis said, and he just told me this himself, he said, we knew within the first hour of the election that, they, that they'd won hmm. because, they, because they could see the numbers breaking and they knew in each individual county the numbers that they had to hit and they were hitting those numbers. They're like, this election's over. And there's no way that, that that's worked. I mean, there was an interview with, with Trump where he was literally asked, I think it was by Seb Gorka, about ballot harvesting. 
And he starts up saying, yeah, we'll do the ballot ballot harvesting. And then at the very end, he's like, we don't even need the ballot harvesting. We're just going to win. And and it's like that's not a strategy. I mean, so far, his campaign has consisted largely of just shouting things on Truth Social. And I suppose that's working for him because, again, we're very, very early on. But... You know, he he's also avoiding debates. He hasn't really taken a punch yet. But his, um, his numbers and, keep improving. I mean, how do you make sense of that? Because he's the center of the narrative. He's the yeah. center of the narrative. And and the, and if the center of the narrative, here's here's the reality. No one wants to talk about Biden. Trump is innately interesting to talk about. He's just a way yeah. more interesting person than Joe right. Biden. And by the way, you can tell us. I, I can tell us from my own data, right? Like, if I put Joe Biden in a thumbnail on YouTube, yes, ratings death. Ratings death. No one wants to talk about Joe Biden. He's incredibly boring. Uh, we, we've we've actually done him a favor by talking about how he is no longer capable of forming human sentences from his face hole. That's actually a favor to him because it makes him even more boring. And so when he does something that's truly terrible, we're like, well, you mean the, the genial old man who can't speak words from his face hole? And, and so, but, but Trump is magnetic. He's really interesting to talk about because he has no limits. I mean, he literally, we were making fun of, of Hunter Biden for, for, you know, saying that he was doing the crimes. Donald Trump is said that he did crimes. I mean, you shouldn't do yeah, that. kind of. I don't, no, I don't, not, not, not kind of. He I said, don't buy it. Okay, so that two things can be true at once. One, yeah. he should not be prosecuted for this because Hillary wasn't. Yeah. Two, he said he did the crimes. I'm sorry well, he what did. What did he say? So he, they have some audio tape that they're playing. Some audio yeah. tape. It's some audio tape. Look, this this beautiful audio tape. It, <laughs> but they, they have it on CNN, and it's him saying, look, these are classified documents, and I could have declassified them when I was president, but, you know, and I, I can't it. do it now or something, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Which is the crime. Yeah, the but literal crime. The crime is you are you are keeping if, classified what, documents that you could not declassify, and you did, did not, not turn those back into the national archives. But what what if that's, what, that's the crime? But what what if he turns to the uh, I'll call it the uh, Jordan Walker uh, Project Veritas excuse and say, "Bro, I was literally lying. I did declassify them." The very fact that the president can declassify on a whim without answering to anybody. Why for, in the world would he say that to somebody? That's, that, that's like the worst defense in did, the entire world. Did, did you, that's, like, that's like saying, that's like me telling you I murdered my wife yeah, yeah. after my wife was dead. Yeah, and then later I was like, I was lying to you and I said yeah. I murdered my wife. I actually didn't murder well, no, my the, wife. Just to look cool, re- I told you I murdered my the wife. The reason he would what? say that is to avoid prosecution for this particular crime. But also you're saying, why did Donald Trump say something outlandish? I mean, we could go back. Uh, it's not, but it's not, no, the thing, no, I'm saying that he has no defense to the thing that he said that's outlandish. And then he went on Brett Baer and he was like, there were newspapers I was talking about. And then in yeah. the tape, he's like, these are not. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, look, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like, obviously again, not... he shouldn't be prosecuted because there's a double standard and Hillary should not should have been prosecuted. OK, but uh, here's the thing that I really dislike about and, the and, common the and, common discourse. Here's and, the discourse. And what, and what about Bill Clinton when he stole the, the tapes and shoved okay, so in the that, that, that is it. OK, the sock drawer defense is garbage. OK, like, why was it garbage? The reason that it's garbage is because the Presidential Records Act only applies to presidential records, records made by the president of the United States in pursuit of his job. It does not apply to to classify documents handed to the president from a different agency. These are called agency records. These are defined in law. The, the Clinton stock for defense that Tom Fitton has tried out, I know Tom, he's a really nice guy. Yep. He's just wrong. It's not true. So, like again, I'll go back to my original point. Hillary Clinton should have been prosecuted. Yep. If Hillary Clinton had been prosecuted in 2016, by the way, then for America, it's kind of happily ever after. Right? Because, really, because, number one, we would have now realized that, oh, people actually get prosecuted for this particular crime, and then presumably Trump wouldn't have gone and committed the crime. Literally, in the tape, he says, these are exactly the type of cl- documents that Hillary Clinton sent to Anthony Weiner. He says that in the tape. Like, what are you doing? But you, doing, but you dude? know what would have happened. Here, here's my question about this. Forget yeah. about the prosecution. Forget about him going to jail. Maybe he gets off because he's in Fort Pierce. Fort Pierce, thank God, very conservative area. Maybe he gets a, a jury nullification. Yeah, he did it in Jersey, too. Right. I mean, could, they could bring charges in Jersey. Well, they haven't yet. So they haven't yet. Right. So we're, right now we're just talking about Fort Pierce. So like, so let's say that that happens. Fine. I have a question just for Republican voters. 
he knows he has the world's biggest target on his back. This is the case he's been making since 2015, right? They're out to get me. They want me. They're out to get me. Yeah. Let's say that you knew that everyone in the world was out to get you. Would you then go commit the world's stupidest crime and then admit on tape to doing the world's stupidest crime? Or would you be uber careful yeah. about not doing that I, I suppose. so as to not take yourself off the board? Look, I'm not I've said a thousand times, I overpay my taxes when Democrats are in office. Of course. Okay, because I don't want these people breathing down yeah. my neck. I would much rather overpay, I do when Republicans are in office too, I'd rather overpay my taxes and never have to deal with the IRS. Yeah. yeah. Specifically he, he because it, of this. He makes, it e- he makes it easy on them. Exactly. But, but, Why do you make it easy? That's, that's, that makes it easy. That's one of the, the number one mark against Trump for me at least when you look at what actually happened when he was in office. Yep. And it's not, it's not the vax. That's a problem, too. But it's the drain the swamp. You know, you go in promising to drain the swamp, and it just didn't happen, period. It didn't happen. I mean, infamously, Fauci not only stayed in his position, but was awarded a medal on the way out. Um, and part of the reason he didn't drain the swamp, I think, is that he doesn't really understand the swamp. This is the thing. You, you have to understand who these people are that you're up against. Now, it's the same thing on the other end, where Trump's enemies don't really understand him either. Trying to make him out to be Hitler or some kind of fascist dictator. So you got two people going at each other that don't understand each other. But this is Trump's problem. He doesn't understand his enemies. Uh, I think DeSantis does understand his enemies hmm. much better than Trump. But I would still, not to, not to take the conversation backwards, but for, for, even though I prefer DeSantis, if I could be convinced that, because I think another Biden presidency is a disaster for America, uh, an even bigger disaster than the first presidency was. If I could be convinced that Trump really did have a better chance of beating Biden than DeSantis would, then I would support Trump. I, because I Trump. agree with you. I, I would because I, I, I we just we cannot have an 82 year old Biden taking office in 2024. I, I, we don't even know what do what does think, that look like. Do you think there's a dark horse? We're all we're all talking Trump DeSantis. Do you think there's a dark horse who could emerge? I mean, possibly if DeSantis really started to collapse in the polls, right? That could be a, who would be the dark horse. I've heard Glenn Youngkin's name. Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp. From Chris Georgia. Christie. Shut up with Chris Christie. You and Chris Christie. Chris Christie. You and your New Jersey. Is that, is that, an, is that ironic not, on your part? You're saying, you is it a bit or am I serious about it? Yeah, is it, it? a bit I'm, or are you serious? I, I'm, I'm asking myself that every day. He, he started out as a little bit. kids. He's uh, No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not advocating. The round mound or rebound? He, the, guy went from, the guy went from 1% to like 6%. He took the hut. Pizza, okay, come on. That's not. That's the not. leaning tower of pizza. It's the croissants. It's the croissants that we're waiting for. It, the guy. The croissants? The guy's running third in New Hampshire. He is. He loves you the croissants. Be, That's true. You were supposed to be describing Trump's path to victory. We haven't done that yet. Oh, yeah. I'm no, legitimately look, interested to hear. I, I'm telling you, I think that probably it's going to be very difficult for any any Republican to win, whether it's... Okay, but you have to grade them. You have to grade them. Which Is it is it easier for Trump to win or easier for DeSantis to win? I don't know. I think, don't give me the I don't know. I, I, I don't know because... Tr- Neither do I. No Trump, one knows. But like, no, here's, here's the problem. Thing. Look, I really like Ron DeSantis. I think he's a terrific governor and he's a very strong candidate. The, the problem for Ron DeSantis is that he's running in the Trump lane and his, his positions are Trump positions. His entire campaign pitch is, I'm going to do all the stuff that Trump said he was going to do, but yep. was not able to do. That's a, val- and, that's a valid point. And let's say that that's true. People tend to, when given an option between the original and, you know, a new, new Coke, original Coke classic and new Coke, they'll go for the original. They'll, they'll go for the OG. And he broke the mold in a way on certain policy positions, especially with trade and immigration and foreign wars. He broke the Republican mold. He's, a, he's kind of a weirdo candidate. He inspired people to vote who hadn't voted before, even if you might say, well, that's not going to take him over the finish line in 2024. I just think he is... I, I don't disagree with you. I, uh, the, the real question about Trump as a viable candidate inside the Republican Party, because no matter what I say, people are going to vote how they're going to vote. But the, the real question I have inside the Republican Party and what dynamic could change would be that Trump, and it's, it's happened a couple times in the race so far already, and I think it could happen again, 
is that he actually gets boring again. When he's Whatever. exciting and he's at the center of the news, then mm -hmm. people just immediately resonate to him, mainly in opposition to the left, because they feel like if the left is attacking him, then there must be something good there, which is an understandable, if reactionary response. If he gets boring again, then things could get bad for him. So like every time you think it's getting boring for him and he starts to drop in the polls, a yeah. new exciting thing happens. Like he gets indicted in Florida or something. Yeah. So the thing is, I think that that's likely to continue happening, right? I think that he'll get boring and then he'll get indicted in Georgia for election for election interference. Yeah. Right? Like the, he'll just keep getting these kind of narcotic boosts mm -hmm. of like cocaine hits. Yeah, of, of course. Oh my gosh, they're attacking Trump again. This is crazy. We need to rush to his defense. Now, the, the, the thing that could happen that could hurt him theoretically is if you get in a debate, but he's, He's actually being a coward about this. Okay, well, why, like, why would he get into a debate when he's 30 points up? Because when you are in an open primary where you are not the incumbent president, you debate the people. But he kind of, the, the thing that's weird about this race is he, not, no, I, I kind of is not debate. I, 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 I and he kind of is the incumbent, right? I mean, that's what's weird about this race is he's not the incumbent. Obviously, Biden's the president. But we haven't been in the situation where you had a one-term president who runs again later. And I know a lot of people are looking for a fresh face. Well, when you want a fresh face, you're probably going to want to check out Jeremy's Razors. With the 4th of July rapidly approaching, I think it's time that you declare your independence from woke razor companies. Now I know what you're thinking. Inflation is higher than a Biden child after a fresh Burisma payoff. So true. That's why we're making it easier for you to say goodbye to your old razors. Head on over to jeremysrazors.com right now. Save 40% for men that can grow a great beard. And I think all of us can. I just, some of us choose not to. Uh, that discount applies to the beard kit as well. And for the men who can't, Ben, that's what it says in the prompter. I didn't I say that. They put it in the prompter. The discount applies to razor kits. You won't just look good. You'll also feel good knowing that you're supporting a company that doesn't hate you for being a fella. So don't wait too long because unlike the effects of gender-affirming hormone therapy, and there we go on YouTube, our uh, sale won't last forever. So head on over to jeremysrazors.com today. <laughs> now, I, I want a little bit of a hard pivot here. We're talking about, oh, hello, my dear. Hello. We're joined by the marvelous Brett Cooper. We're, we're talking about stupid nonsense, like who's, you know, are we going to be able to save the Republic? Are we going to be able to... Oh, that's not as fun as what I talk about on my show. I want to talk, and I actually want your take on this. Yes. Did you get into a thing with Nicki Minaj? That is a thing that happened in my life. I, I, don't, I know nothing epic. about this. I haven't followed, and I always try to update Nicki's social media feeds, you know. Yeah, I know you're big in that. I'm, I'm a big Minaj head, but yeah. what happened? <laughs> but, what happened but with no, you? No, Michael, it's not a Minaj head. Mm. You're a Barb. If you are a Nicki Minaj fan, you're a Barb. So that's is why. The new Barbie movie is that? Mm. Is that the no, you're just a Barb. I actually don't know you're where it comes from. Oh. I think she, she she has a song in the new Barbie movie, right? I I actually, I yes, yeah, because a lot of people were commenting under your post saying, "Oh, right. can you promote this for the Barbie movie?" And people were saying Ben Shapiro is an undercover Barb, hmm. which means that you're an undercover Nicki, Nicki Minaj. Minaj fan. You know what? You know what you call a group of three Nicki Minaj fans? Uh-oh. A Minaj toi. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed Daily Wire backstage. So, hold on. You're, you're, you're an undercover Barb? Uh, I, I don't even know what to say to that accusation. Anyway, she, this all came about because there is a song, a great emblem of Western civilization, a, a piece of art so reminiscent of the great Gothic cathedrals of the 12th and 13th centuries. It really just inspires you like a Beethoven symphony. It is called Pound Town. A town in which much pounding goes on. <laughs> and also, there is a second version of this song. It is called Pound Town 2. How does it the go? Revenge I of Pound. I haven't heard it. How's it go? How's it go? Well, first, I have to introduce you to the artist. 
Her name is Sexy Yee Yee Red. I, I say it's that because she has two Y's at the end of sexy for yeah. no reason other than apparently no one in the rap industry can spell. Mm -hmm. um, and also, this I assume, as always, that this was her given name. That she came out of her mother, and her mother said, Behold, I shall call thee Sexy Yee Red. I think we have the music video. Do we really? Well, I'd like to introduce you all. Oh. There's a toilet yeah. in the background. Why way. did you bleep this, but not the first thing you said in the song? <laughs> Why did the bleep come? Selective bleeping. <laughs> Why did it have to be about the colors of her orifices? And uh... <laughs> so um, I did a, a deconstructing the culture segment on this song, and as I say, there's a, this one is not the one that stars Nicki Minaj. Uh, there's a Pound Town Two, The Revenge of Thank Pound. You. Pound Town 2, more pounding. Electric Boogaloo. Pound Town 2, electric Boogaloo. <laughs> and that was it. That, Pound Town 2, two that, pound, two harder. Well, we just heard it's Pound Town 2. <laughs> and, and, no, I think that was one. No, that was one. That, that was one. one. That was one. Oh, okay. So Pound Town 2 has Nicki Minaj in it. She was like, this is such an inspiring song. I must take part in a remix titled Pound Town 2. And so I pointed that out while I was critiquing this masterpiece of Western civilization mm -hmm. and the apex of, of our entire creative output since the dawn of time. And, um, and Nicki Minaj got mad at me. And so she then tweeted, and I read to you directly, quote, Roman said, leave his ass out of it, sir. No pun intended. Who's Roman? Th this is an sir. excellent question. Hmm. At first I thought perhaps she's speaking of the emperors of old. Mm -hmm. Perhaps this is a reference to, say, Claudius, yeah. Nero, perhaps Augustus. That was my assumption. And it was not, as it turns out. Um, so Roman is apparently, she plays many roles as Nicki Minaj. And one of the... And one of the personalities she in, inhabits is apparently called Roman, a homosexual man. I, I know. I, and it, this required me to translate this because I, I don't speak stupid people. So it said, Roman said, leave his ass out of it, sir. No pun intended. I didn't know that there was a pun that was actually in it. And then I didn't know who Roman was. So I, I, it took me like a, a sol you know, I can, I can knock out like a solid econ book in like three hours. This one took me at least six hours to figure out what this meant. And, uh, and then I tweeted back at her because she said that Roman should leave his ass out of it. Not possible, Nicki Minaj, since you apparently have never recorded a song that left your ass out of it, which is, which is accurate. She literally has mm. not recorded a song ever that mm -hmm. left her own ass out of yeah. it, so it was not possible for me to leave her ass out of it because her ass was in it. To which she responded, in classic Barb fashion, next time I'll be sure to add my D, that is, the, that is a word for the, the male appendage, so you can suck it, but suck is spelled S-U-K because as already noted, Spelling is not allowed in Rapville, which is directly adjacent to Poundtown, as mm. it turns out. So if ever you choose to take a car trip from Rapville to Poundtown, it, I, I found other things out about Poundtown as well in, in my journey down this, down this particular vista. Like, for example, <laughs> Sexy Red, um, it, she says there are rules in Poundtown, including that thou shalt not get chlamydia twice, which she has had, apparently. No, not just once, but twice. That. So it wasn't just Poundtown 2, it was chlamydia 2. Anyway, she says... Next time, I'll be sure to add my D so you can suck it, love you, and then many emojis. To which I responded, surprise twist. Nicki Minaj was the one with the anaconda all along. Wow, you know more about pop culture than you let on. That, I, I a do. little anaconda reference. The anaconda yeah. reference was... was I want to know... I, I, like this, I think it impressed her. I don't get it. Okay, I, so... Uh, you've never heard the Sir <laughs> Mix-a-Lot classic? My anaconda? Well, yeah, sure, okay. Right, she so was, that's, she's, that's with her. That's Sir Mix-a-Lot and Nicki Minaj. But that came out in the 90s? Didn't that come out like, in the 90s? No. The remix includes Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Yes. So there is the original, which is like, and then Sugar there's the game. one in 2000. Well, was she like four when she was in the song? No, she's like 80 now. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Anyway. How old is she? 
She's 41. A lady never. How do you know? You know all of this. I, 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 when I, when I, when great. I dive into a topic, I dive into that topic. What I want to know, but ben, not was the actual, this, was this not Poundtown itself oh. that has weird orifices. I'm sure. Anyway, is this you two flirting? Is that what this was? Because I know you're ostensibly like in a fight here, but it's kind of like a cheeky little like like hearts and kissy emojis. Well, she's the one doing that. I don't know. I have four children, Michael. <laughs> you're not. I've been married for almost 15 by, years. Yeah. No, it, it turns out that, unlike you know. I'm not tempted by the by the <laughs> I would say the opposite of William Shatner, right? So the the William Shatner was, you know, going where no man has gone before. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of William Shatner, going where every man has gone before. Okay, and yeah. so that I don't find that to be a tempting proposition. Uh, Callan, uh, I, you know, I, I, I I've never been uh, a woman who pitches chlamydia twice, joining mm-hmm. in song, joining in joyful celebrative song <laughs> with Nicki Minaj to talk about their bodily orifice colors. They, no, I, that was not appealing. I, I don't know why I'm going to ask this, but how do we know she had chlamydia twice? She said this on an interview. She had a full-on interview. Yeah, well, Brett, take a, help me out here. Well, no, she did a podcast, and she was talking about the roles of Poundtown. And I only know this from the lovely Ben Shapiro show. You're uh, <laughs> my new pop culture I, I news. <laughs> Wanted to catch up on the drama. But yeah, so she had chlamydia twice, and apparently that's not in the roles of Poundtown. She really is a character. She responded. They did not defund the police in Poundtown, by the way. No. I'm just pointing that out. No. But she didn't she respond to you? She commented back and was like some, I don't know if it was sarcastic or not, but she responded to, I think, the reel on your Instagram. Did she? Sexy yeah. red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, re- she, she did respond to something like, thanks for promoting my, my song or something. Yeah, it was with a like, bunch of and also I, like and I, I wanted And I responded to her, I very much look forward to Poundtown 4, the quest for peace. <laughs> <laughs> this has become kind of a pattern with you, though, because... You get in fights you, with rappers? Yes, with, because, with female because rappers. they all suffer from face tattoo syndrome. In this case, literally, Sexy Red has, like, face tattoos. Hmm. Face tattoo syndrome, as I've explained before, is that weird It's that weird phenomenon where you walk into a coffee shop and there's some weird lady with a face tattoo, mm-hmm. which, and, and you're, you're looking at her face tattoo, and she's like, what are you looking at? Mm-hmm. And you're like, your face tattoo that you put on your face so I would look at it. And she's like, that's offensive. Why are you looking at this face tattoo? Well, I mean, I challenge you not to look at the face tattoo. Yeah. I mean, I thought maybe she just was in a... She, so a, another thing that she does is she colors her hair like this, apparently. I don't know why, but apparently she was, she was out for the Little Mermaid part and it just failed. It didn't mm-hmm. work out well for her. Can, can and, just... and in her chlamydia interview, she actually has, like, her hair is orange with, with black stripes. Oh, so yeah. She, like a tiger. Her designer was Tony the Tiger from, from <laughs> the Frosted Flakes box. Can I just say, if, just to be the grumpy old guy for a second, it, it really is a problem that... Kids are listening to this stuff. Like it's yes. a, it's a, it's a it civilizational is. level collapse type problem. Yes, <laughs> because it, it, and it's not just that it's so gratuitously vulgar and disgusting, but it's just so stupid. It's, it's so dumb. dumb. Dude, we didn't get to the worst makes... part of the song. There's a part of the song where she literally opens applications for her child's stepdad. So sadly, this person has already born a child, yeah. and that child is in her home. And she actually is like talking about how she's looking for a dad for her kid. In, yeah, like, one is. of the verses of these songs. Right, well, that's one way to go. That, that's, and and, 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 and on her resume is apparently the color of her booty hole. Excellent. This is, right. yeah. Which well, is, okay, well, yeah. I mean. So now you know things you didn't have to know before. A lot of things yeah. I didn't want to know about her. But I, because <laughs> yeah, it's funny because anytime you complain about pop culture, you always hear people say, well, you know, older generations have been saying that forever. They've always, they've always complained about, they were saying back in the 70s it was demonic. It's like, yeah, they were always right, actually. <laughs> people, people back in the 50s who were complaining about Elvis, they, this is what they were envisioning, is that it would become this. They were, they were, As they always, could not the, have been more right about it. was totally vindicated. The, right? That's right. 
the, I, yeah. the, the only graph of civilization that matters is the you are here graph, the slippery slope graph that yeah. you are here. And it's like, we're about to fail. Nope, we're about, and then it's like an arrow to like right but before you did, hit did you and just, you are here. And that's, yeah. that's true of all of these things. Basically, everything that you were called the fuddy-duddy for, for saying yeah. in the year 2000, you were right on all of them. You were right on, but did you I see? wrote a book called Porn Generation in 2004. I was 21 years old and it was about the pornification of American society. And I had chapters on rap, and I had chapters on the mainstreaming of pornography in television, and I had a chapter on Disney stars who were becoming highly sexualized. And at that point, it was about Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. And the book was mocked as fuddy-duddy-ish, and how, look at this young man who's pushing this kind of stuff, and how, what is he worried about? Why is he so worried about all of this stuff? And I'm sorry to say, but I was right. Yeah. I'm, and I really am sorry to say, but I wish I were wrong. I wish I were wrong. a very encouraging statistic, and the Ute in the room, I think, would understand this, mm-hmm. which is, it came out of Gallup. Gallup had its values survey that they came out. And it showed a marked shift towards social conservatism. And you see this, especially pronounced in the Republican Party, uh, and you you see this all the way on issues like approval of same-sex relations. We're not talking about the issue that everybody's talking about these days. We're not just talking about redefinition of marriage. We're talking about same-sex relations. Seven-point drop in one year. You're seeing this across social conservatism. And what's most interesting about it is it's not the old boomer fuddy-duddies who are leading it. In fact, the only group that's becoming more socially liberal are the boomers. It's the younger generations, 18 up to 49, I think it was, that is becoming markedly more socially conservative. So I know it's our job to just uh, complain about the fall of the West every single day, but aren't the Brett Coopers of the world leading the way toward perhaps a, a move away from uh, sexy EEE red and the... Toward Virtue Town. Toward Virtue Town, baby. Virtue Town. One, two, three, and four. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, I, am I but being I overly think, hopeful here? No, no, I do think it's better. I mean, obviously... There are still things that are terrible, especially with my generation. I mean, I do stories all the time about, you know, the OnlyFans girls and all of that stuff. And I think that it's dangerous because it's being marketed online. But I think a lot of young people are pushing away from things that society is generalizing about Gen Z. Like, Gen Z is now the soberest generation, yep. like in mid-20s. Most um, abstinent. But yes, most abstinent. They are the ones that are driving the pushback to flip phones. It's like interesting things like that. And even though... I think Gen Z can be very misguided with their values and, you know, kind of very emotional, obviously directed in wrong ways. They're still very, very passionate and very civilly aware, even if they are kind of misdirected. And I think that that can be pushed back in a different direction. Obviously, we're seeing changes. So that's at least helpful to me. Like I, th- I look at my comments and it's so encouraging. Like, it's awesome. I think one thing we have going for us, because the most encouraging thing for me with the younger generation, some of these videos we've seen recently, of like high school kids mm-hmm. laughing at the LGBT indoctrination going on in their schools or you know tearing down the pride flag. Uh, one video in particular, I don't remember where it was, but I think it was a math teacher tried to put on some yep. sort of LGBT video and the kids were just booing and laughing and pretending mm-hmm. to vomit. And it was really encouraging because first of all, when I was in high school, that's exactly how we would have reacted to that sort <laughs> of thing. But, but also I think it shows that, um, a few things it shows, and one of them is that this stuff it's not cool because it's what your math teacher pushes. So <laughs> yeah, when it became the culture, it's no longer the right. As soon as like the forty-five-year-old woman who teaches algebra yeah, is telling you about LGBT pride, it's like it's not cool anymore. I mean, it has all the institutional power, but it can't be cool and it can't be rebellious. It's think, no longer edgy. I mean, did you guys see that article where they said that like has monogamy become the new kink? Because we have gone so far. That is literally, it's a yeah, serious article. I'm a sick article. fetishist because I'm yes, married. Because we have yeah. gone so far 
that now something that is virtuous and correct and good is now the edgy rebellion. Like the last wow. line is they like, found, it's dangerous. Good for them that they finally found the kink that brings sexual satisfaction and happiness. <laughs> right. Good for them. They finally, they finally, <laughs> it took 60 years. Right, they've made history. <laughs> Speaking of history, history was made June 24th, 2022, when a 50-year-old law was overturned in a landmark ruling. Of course, it wasn't really a law. It was just a piece of garbage Supreme Court decision. This month, we celebrate the one-year anniversary of the fall of Roe, and we recognize that our work is far from over because the sad reality is that while Roe is gone, there's still hundreds of thousands of abortions being performed in this country every single year. The abortion pill is still widely available. It accounts for some 50% of all abortions nationwide. Well, you can help stop this through preborn. The folks at Preborn are doing amazing, amazing work, and they're doing it the most meaningful way. They are literally going mom to mom and convincing moms not to kill their kids. Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies by offering love, compassion, and support to expectant mothers pretty much every day. When a distressed mom comes to Preborn, she's welcomed with open arms. She's offered a free ultrasound to meet the precious life inside her. The majority of the time, she is going to choose life. By the way, the ultrasound quality now is unbelievable. We just had a baby about a month ago, and... We were seeing ultrasounds from like week seven, week eight. That's the same baby. And these moms are learning that because of the power of that technology. You can make a difference by donating your best gift to preborn.com slash backstage to honor the precious lives lost over the past 50 years and to secure the lives of those at risk today. Every single penny is going toward moms and babies. To donate, dial pound 250 and say keyword baby or visit preborn.com slash backstage. All gifts are tax deductible. You're not going to regret saving a child's life. It's the best money you're ever going to spend. That's pound 250 baby or visit preborn dot com backstage really really important stuff preborn.com slash backstage so yeah I mean, i'm 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 very hopeful on this i tell you when i uh, so one of the, the reasons i'm uh, so one of the things that's happened the reason this is happening is because finally and, and the reason i think a lot of people feel vindicated who are arguing the slippery slope is the argument that was being made in 2000 in 1995 and 1990 was always a lie and we kept saying over and over this is not the argument that's being made the argument that you are saying you're making is not the argument that you are actually making yeah. the argument that you say that you're making is why can't you leave people alone in the privacy of their own bedrooms to do what they want and we, all we really want is to be involved in just monogamous relations with one another where we can go visit each other at hospitals and it's like and, and everybody on the right was like that's not what you want what you want is to overthrow key societal institutions and then you want to supplant those institutions with a morally relativistic view yeah. that that prizes individual sexual orientation and pleasure. That's, and then you, that's really and then you want to bicycle naked down the street. Right, and that's, the, and that's the manifestation of it. That's the yeah. final manifestation. Well, we've reached the final manifestation because after Obergefell, I think most Americans were like, okay, well, you got what you want, so I guess we're done here. And then they're like, well, no, that's not what we want at all. What we would like <laughs> is for your church to celebrate it. What we need is to make sure that your kid hears about it. We need to make sure that it's your kid is watching naked bicyclists ride down the street in Seattle. Right. Like, it's really, really important that your kid be indoctrinated in all this. And people want, like, wait, what, why is it important that our kid be indoctrinated in all this? And the answer is because it was always about an entire value system. It was not, it was, it was symptomatic of a value system. It, I think the entire society misinterpreted the call for things like same-sex marriage as, what if we just expanded traditional institutions to include further marginalized people? So it's, that, this is why it was pitched as basically a civil rights movement, right? The civil rights movement was, voting has existed for a long time and is good, and you should make sure that black people can do it also. And we're like, that makes perfect sense. It's a great institution. We should extend it to include further people. Then the argument for same-sex marriage was made along the same lines, even though it was fundamentally dishonest, because you have to redefine marriage in order to include that particular definition of marriage. But the idea was, we're not threatening marriage. We're just doing the same thing you're doing. We're just changing the people who are involved. We're expanding but, it. Right, but that's not what it was about. The entire movement was about, what if we destroy traditional civilizational institutions? A and then what if we supplant those with another form of values that we must indoctrinate your kids with. We must indoctrinate your kids with these things. And I think that's what people are reacting to. They're seeing the mask come off yeah. and they're and they're and like, oh my God, I can't believe that that we let that the call came from inside the house. Yes. And and it, this is why, by the way, 
it, you can see a seven point drop in approval of like same sex relations in one year because ideas have consequences, as we all know. And so we've had some bad ideas, some wrong premises, and it's led to all these kind of crazy consequences. And a lot of people didn't notice it as it was happening. But when you get to the most extreme consequences, then you can go in the other direction. You can say, well, consequences come from bad ideas. And so I think, especially with Zoomers, mm -hmm. they start pulling on that thread and they say, okay, if this really extreme instantiation of an idea is bad, well, where, where did, did that come, come from? from? Exactly. Yeah. Right? And so they're, they're hurtling back in the other direction. I think it's, it's, also, it's also, you know, a sympt it's symptomatic of, of just a broader doubt in society's new institutions. So we, we like to talk about the, the destruction of the institutions, and it's true, right? I mean, we have very low trust for all institutions, but the new institutions are the ones we have the least trust in because those are really, the, the truth is that all of our institutions basically were Hannibal Lectured. I mean, they, like they, yep. their faces are being worn around by people who are not actually the people. Right? They, they, took, they took the institution of science and they gutted it and then they wore the face of science around while proclaiming that everybody had to mask up children and all of this. But the, the new institutions are the things that people doubt more than anything else because they're clearly and overtly lying. And, and all the things that they are saying to you, you know are not true, which brings us to Lizzo. So like, the, like <laughs> like, I really think this stuff is kind of important. Like, yeah, there's a, there's an entire piece in the Washington Post today about why Lizzo is a heroine and is not actually a fat activist. She's an activist for all of us. And being being large is really is really totally fine. And why is everybody? It's a standard of beauty that's really the problem. And here's the thing: everybody knows in their heart that it's not true. Everybody knows that it's not true. Which yeah. is why there's that great meme that's been going around where it's. I think it started with Tim Pool actually, where Tim Pool is like, you, you talk to people on the left and they're all like, Lizzo's beautiful. Like you should say, well, you you remind me of Lizzo, and then see <laughs> the problem, and see see how that works out for you. Right, Lizzo, Lizzo doesn't believe it either. I mean, she she just Especially recently was saying she wants to quit, drop out of music because she can't mm -hmm. deal with the criticism. And meanwhile, it's like that that's very telling because she's got the Washington Post, all the major media outlets, all every institute, fans, everyone telling her she's beautiful, she's amazing, and then just one. I think that her her whole freakout was one comment that one random person left. Yeah. That made it all come crumbling down. It was Candace something <laughs> before she blocked Candace? I think she oh, blocked Candace. Was it Candace? I don't. I don't know if it actually was her. I think I probably commented on it, but she. Knowing I know Candace. that she blocked like Candace. <laughs> she's like clapping. She's like, I did that. I did that. Either way, it's it's all this, this just being showered with love, and then yeah. one person makes it all come crumbling. But by down. the way, this, this I guess is why to tie it back in with the 2024 and all the other elections. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm a little down on Republican prospects is. One, because I think the system is rough. You know, the other day uh, we, we found 300 mail-in ballots in a random locker in Michigan. And I'm not saying it swung the election, but I bet there's a lot of lockers in Michigan. And so that's a systemic issue that you got to deal with. But more broadly, just look at what we're seeing. We all know that this stuff is crazy. We're looking, we're seeing this reflected in the polls, especially among younger voters. No one really believes that Lizzo is healthy. No one really believes a lot of the lies that we're told. And yet the institutions, the the governing powers in the media and tech and the schools and the government, they're all putting that flag right in front of us. They're all putting the bicyclists right in front of us. None of them are letting up. Bud Light's not letting up. Target's not letting None of them are. And why are they not letting up? Because they feel confident enough that the people can be as angry as they want to be. That's not going to make a difference. Even if the many are furious, so I don't the think few that's actually still have the power. I, I think that this has been one of the best Pride Months in the history of Pride Month. Sure. I mean, because honestly, like you, you've seen- What have actual, you been up to? And there have been all, all, sorts, all sorts of brands have basically been like, you know what? Mm. Yeah. Right, the NHL said, you don't have to wear the warm-up jerseys anymore. We're just not going to do this stuff anymore. And you know what? That's great. I mean, like, they, again, that's being driven by the excesses. But this is the part that's so funny is that 
I, I, I will never cease to find it humorous that people suddenly dis discovered that, that pride parades exist. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to stop thinking this is funny. Like, the, people will be like, oh, my God, I was at a pride parade, and a pride parade broke out. It's like, yeah, <laughs> correct. Like the, what do you think happens the, at these the it, Correct. The media depiction for 40 years of the pride parade was, oh, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of nice-looking homosexual families mm -hmm. who are walking down the street wearing, like, American pastoral, you know, pitchforks and suits and they're and they're but carrying a gay pride flag mm -hmm. just like you would if you were gay <laughs> and then and then what these parades have been since literally ever has been men and assless chaps dancing around <laughs> and, and suddenly their cameras trained on it and people are allowed to notice and i'm not sure what happened when people were it, 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 it's just twitter basically i mean it's it's the it's the rise of social media yeah because before that it was the media that was basically doing cleanup for all of this stuff it was like you weren't allowed to mention that any of this stuff was happening it's why people are mad at libs of tiktok for actually putting this stuff on on her account now right they're mad at high they're like oh my god you're you're exposing millions of children to this sort of stuff by putting it on your TikTok account. She's still search banned, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. So oh, really? Search suppressed. I searched for her yesterday. She won't pop up in search. Many, many other people are reporting this. Some of the independent sites are showing that. So even I'm now, seeing some people on the right. You want to talk about misbegotten criticism. There are people on the right who are saying, well, you know, you're, you're just adding to the exposure that these people are getting when they're so being exhibitionistic good, yeah. by, by pointing out that they're doing this stuff and then retweeting the videos of them doing it. And it's like, you're missing the entire point. You're missing the entire point. If the thing is a moral atrocity, if the thing is a problem, and more people know about the problem and the moral atrocity, more people are likely to resist the problem and than moral usually, atrocity. You know, we have to be better, I think, on the right of, of, about celebrating our victories when they come. Uh, because I think there's, there's a certain attitude that like, nothing is ever a victory. It's always terrible. It never gets better. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing this, too, with, with some of the stuff in Pride Month. These people say, well, the institutions are still, these companies, they're still doing Pride. Well, Bud Light Target. fired those executives. Yeah, Bud Light fired the executive, executives. A lot of these, so a lot of these companies are so pulling bad. back from the pride stuff. I, well, I, I hate, look, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you have your giving me hope moment. But before we do that, the, yeah, they they fire this VP of marketing who took the fall for this thing. This decision was made at a much higher level, and it was made at a higher level because of the asset managers that are pushing ESG. And it was made at a higher level because Transheiser Bush is part of GARM, right, the Global Alliance for Responsibility in Media, and because they've made a deal with the tech platforms such that they're not going to uh, permit. Yeah, but Larry Fink is admitting from BlackRock that he's backed off investments because, by the way, I know people who are deep in this particular world. And yeah. they, they've told me specifically that Larry Fink has really backed off a lot. He doesn't of like the bad press, but are yeah. the companies changing? I, it doesn't, I don't It doesn't it. matter. It I don't, I don't care if they've had a real authentic change deep down in their hearts. I don't care about that. But are they right. going to change the I, what, I, what I want is for them to respond to our pressure. Correct. And if they respond begrudgingly and they don't mean it and they hate us, even better. I mean, on the left... If they get you to do something and and they know you don't mean it, yeah. that's, that's the, the greatest form. victory. Mm -hmm. yes. So as far as I'm concerned, if if Bud Light is pretending, fantastic. They they're pretending because we forced them to. But are they? They're still sponsoring these parades. Like, well, has, it's has not, that really look, changed anything? It's it's not perfect. But even something like Tar Target is still a progressive company. They took the pride garbage and they moved it to the back of the store. Yeah. Now a lot of conservatives true. say, well, it's still there. I think that's awesome. No, I agree. Now it doesn't. I'm not going to shop at Target. The fact that they thought they had to do that, that they had to hide, you know, they, they had to hide their light under a bushel. I'll also tell that. you why it's important to, to declare victories when you actually receive them is because it's almost impossible, especially when you're talking not about specific brands like a Bud Light, but when you're talking about broad overall brand, you got to pick. So the, the right is very bad at picking targets also because it's such a, a universalistic tsunami of, of this sort of stuff. The right will be like, well, all the companies are like this. Well, you can boycott like everything. You can't boycott everything. Right. And the reality is that Honestly, like winning any victory from Target, you should take the victory and you should promote that victory because in a lot of towns, Target's the only place that you can actually shop. It's not as though 
Target is, is you know, like Bud Light, where you just move over one shelf and, and now it's Sam Adams, right? Target might be, in your area, the only convenience store that actually has all the things that you need in like a several mile radius. And so for people to boycott it to the point where they actually were get, where they got a concerted action out of that, that's a good thing. You can't ask people to do more than they're actually capable of doing, especially when there are no, no alternatives, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we launched an entire... We've launched entire brands that are that are supposed to be responses to this sort of stuff. Jeremy's razors and Jeremy's chocolates and all this sort of stuff. But we don't have alternative target, right? We don't. And so, what, so you actually have to pick targets that you can knock down. When you knock them down, you should celebrate specifically because the whole point that the left makes, and this is what they're really about, is they pick people and they hurt them. And they hurt them as badly as they can to encourage you and you and me and all of us not to engage in the business anymore. Right? It's a, it's a, it's a shaming yeah. and destruction campaign. The point of going after rando lady in a New York park it's not that they care about Randall Lady in New York Park. They don't. What they, they care so little about her, they're willing to destroy her life. They destroy Randall Lady in a New York Park so that you will shut up. Yeah. And so the same tactic applies on the other side. Meaning like if we, tell, if we get Bud Light to even provide the concession that they're, that they're symbolically firing people over this thing, how many other companies that were thinking of doing the thing mm -hmm. are not going to do the thing? Because why would they step onto the landmine anymore? That's, that's the whole point, is to get them not to step on the landmine in the first place. So this is part of the problem of trying to measure the change. Yeah. You're, you're measuring the absence of a change. You're actually measuring, in, in many cases, a company that doesn't do the thing. It's not just getting companies to back off the thing, which we have seen some of, by the way. It's getting companies that were about to do the thing, not to not, it's not to just companies. It's not just companies, too. It's also individuals. Yes, I think the left is good. You know, you can single out. It's, it's correct. You want to pick out certain institutions, certain companies, make examples out of them. But you also do that with individual people, which is something that we did with Dylan Mulvaney. And the difference between Dylan Mulvaney and the random person at the park is Mulvaney deserves it. He, he put himself but, out there. Right, he put himself out there. And But the plan by uh, the powers that be was to take Dylan Mulvaney, make him into a mainstream mascot of transgenderism. And they had this plan. Remember, with his 365 days of girlhood or whatever, this plan, this big uh, gala that he threw to celebrate a year of, of girlhood. He even said that he was planning that for months ahead of time. So... So there, there were, this is this. It takes money and funding to yep. do this. So they selected him and said, "You're going to be our mainstream like cheerleader for transgenderism." Well, some of us on the right said, "No, no, no, no." So we, this is a toxic figure who's yep. pushing something dangerous and toxic on children. And now I can guarantee you that there's not going to be any other companies like Bud Light. Yep. And, and by the way, the whole thing was misguided anyway in that transformation, because when you want to make yourself look a lot better, you obviously just need to turn to GenuCell. Dehydrated skin covered in dark spots and puffy under eyes, that's a big problem for everybody. And thankfully, GenuCell has the answer. GenuCell has extended your chance to get their most popular package featuring beautifully curated skincare essentials for life outside in the summer sun. GenuCell's limited time summer essentials package includes their one-of-a-kind ultra retinol super moisturizer with a powerful plant extract, a retinol alternative that delivers results without the harsh side effects and is perfectly safe to use in that summer sun. You will also get GenuCell's classic skincare therapy for under eye bags and puffiness that will get you compliments everywhere you go. I can't go anywhere without women throwing themselves at me. Men want to be me because of GenuCell. Plus, with its immediate effects, results guaranteed in 12 hours or less, you're good to go or you get your money back. I also love the founder, great Coptic Christian who left Egypt for the American dream for one more week. Every Summer Essentials package includes their moisturizing vitamin C serum for a visibly clear complexion. Go to GenuCell.com backstage right now to get your GenuCell Summer Essentials package right now for over 65% off. Just for the summer, every subscription order includes a customized summer spa gift box 
absolutely free. That is genucel.com slash backstage, genucel.com slash backstage. Now, all the things we're talking about, by the way, might be a completely moot point because within a matter of moments, we might be in World War Three and because of the aliens. The, okay, here we. Uh, I thought so. I thought go. you were going there. Uh huh. Well, because well, because of you certain it. That aliens was earlier. crossing that was before into you came in. before we get to the aliens. We can get to the aliens before we go. Before we get to the aliens, you're you you're going to be nicer. They're going to be mean. The aliens. Uh, they're demons, so they're well, going to be mean. Ben. Because of well, you, you guys and your demons. Be they yeah. I uh, hope they're not my demons. The two of you. Yeah. There are no aliens, and demons are nonsense. The, wait, the aliens are nonsense? Both, both of the things you're saying are, are not, I don't care about the aliens. Well, They're not get, here. I don't know. You were trying to take the conversation somewhere else. Oh. No, but, but then I, then, <laughs> but then okay. I got curious whether thought. you thought the aliens were going to I don't even know Brett's okay. view on aliens. This is big. You actually did ask me one time. You forgot. On your uh, member block, you asked me. This is uh, so rude. That's very, that's, that's really unfortunate. That's, that's, that's just really, like a right, right? Just out in one ear, out the other. I take no, the members I, block very seriously. As I, I, yeah, obviously. So I can't believe that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> what, where are you weighing no, in? I, um, I think that it's very possible. I'm not committed to it. It's not my, uh, my favorite topic. Like, it's not my the thing that I choose to dive into, but I think that it's definitely plausible. Can I just get a clarification on the, the contention that you're making? Is it that there is life in the universe or that that life in the universe has found us here? Both. Yeah, you're crazy. The first one, yes. The second one, no. Anyway, you, you, do you, you, you agree not? with him that, that, that the UFOs are here already? Oh, I don't know if they're here already. I don't know enough, but I guess that they probably exist somewhere. I think that something else has to I didn't happen. say they've definitely been here. I said it's the most likely explanation for what we have witnessed is that they've been here. I want you Definitely. to get the footage from Jake Paul. That is going to be huge. Jake Paul yeah, has footage of aliens. Okay, what if, what so if they're here and they're creating Pound Town? Then, well, then I might believe. Then I believe. Yeah, that's why they're incinerate the red. planet because of that yeah. stuff. It's sexy red. So Jake Paul has footage, allegedly has the most convincing footage of like an alien encounter in the U.S. And a man has it on this VHS. I think it was in Nevada, I'm pretty sure, from the article I sent you. Um, 1973. Yeah, it's a little like grainy. VHS. Little I think grainy. it's VHS or some kind of DVD. I'm not sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. And this guy has it, and he's the only one that has a copy of it, and he will not sell it to anybody, but he will show it to you if you go. And so Jake yeah. Paul went uh -huh. trying to buy it. Is it Jake Paul or Logan Paul? I think it's Jake Paul. He no, went. Lo is it Logan? Logan. It's Logan. I think you told me Logan. My yeah. pop culture is just not Anyway, like whoever it. it is, I believe him. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but he goes and he wears the little hidden cameras. And he films, he has the guy show it to him multiple times, and he gets it from all angles. But now he won't even show the footage. I, I, yeah. Yeah, this is all very credible. This is like <laughs> the most credible thing that has ever look, been credible. I'm not, saying, I'm not trying to hijack the whole conversation. But it's, it's too late. But you're not not. You're not, <laughs> not. I'm not not trying to. Yeah. Uh, when you've got... What's that box cutter in your hand? This conversational <laughs> box cutter right there. <laughs> when you've got... Uh, we weren't talking about anything important anyway. When you've got, when you've got government officials, intelligence... People that worked in People that would never lie to us, yeah. Why would they lie about this? See, that's what doesn't make yeah. any sense. He doesn't no even testify that he has seen evidence of the aliens. He said he read a report that there were he, that there was evidence of the aliens. He has not witnessed any tape of the aliens. He's not witnessed any pictures of the aliens. He hasn't actually seen the aliens. So he's a guy would who saw a document. you said that he had? I mean, at least I'd find it slightly more credible because then he would actually be somebody testifying that he had seen it. And then we'd have to adjudicate whether he was competent or not to testify. Because it turns but out the vast majority of people- he worked the intelligence agency that dealt with these Right, but we need to be clear about like what exactly he was attesting to. The thing he was attesting to was not that he like- He was attesting to the 
testimony of other, of not just one person, multiple people who told him about it. He was attesting to the testimony that he heard from his cousin's neighbor, who right. heard it, it from a very credible so guy. Why would he make this up? Who was an alien? I'm not saying he made it up. He might not have. He, so he why saw would the might sincerely he believe saw it. Report. Yeah. Okay. I believe so it. So the report, but why would the government, see, this doesn't, the government for decades was, every UFO sighting was swamp gas, it was the, whatever, it was a, whatever. It, it was a weather balloon. And now we're finally starting to hear, well, maybe some of that stuff actually was. This is why I don't believe the government. Like now that they're saying it, I, I would be more likely to believe the UFOs like 50 years ago when they were saying it's swamp gas. Now they're saying it might be UFOs. I'm oh my God, you, it's bullcrap. If yeah. you deny it, what, what you actually are believing the government, you're believing the, the narrative that they sold us for 50 years about this stuff. Yeah, right, I, they were more credible 50 years ago than they are now. They, but it also wasn't aliens 50 years ago. 50 years ago, it was Cold War spy planes, and now it's demons. Oh, come on. <laughs> it is demons. It is. Listen, listen. A I'm Catholic not, fight. Do it. I'm totally serious about this. <laughs> that we know that spiritual reality exists, right? We know that... Why would God. demons in be in... To, why would they be in vehicles? Like, why are they flying around in the sky? Be, well, people are <laughs> seeing these weird things. Yeah, but people see apparitions of all sorts of crazy Why would stuff. the demons be doing that? I, what, do they uh, need vehicles to uh, get around? Because the, because the country is becoming much more vicious and evil. Well, I agree with that, but... So there why do well, they go. enjoy rides in the sky? Yeah, I don't know. They're in the sky. They're on the I ground. Know, remember Matt, the why w- would aliens come from millions of light years away to take a joyride that apparently <laughs> crash in the desert like They're idiots. not taking joyrides. They're coming here to check out what's going on. Yeah. Because it's, it's crazy. It's because it's Pound Town. And then they it's la- crazy town. It is. It is. They wanted to see Pound Town. They did. All they I'm saying, okay, can I just say one, just one thing? A uh, lawless, that, terrible place. Uh, m- m- the most likely scenario is yeah. that there are millions, like billions of other civilizations out there. Okay, given how vast the universe is. You're saying that's likely? Likely, yes. Given how... Given the vastness of the universe, <laughs> given the fact that we live in a universe with 100 billion it's like, galaxies. It's like there's a really big vacuum, so there must be a lot but of stuff But it's not just the a vacuum. vacuum. They're va- it's a vacuum with trillion, zillions of planets in it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So uh, given that, just a numbers game, it, I think it's very likely that there are m- countless civilizations. And so it's, very, it's, it's yeah. likely that we've been visited. So there's a no, threat. Okay, so I, even if I grant you, this is my problem. I can grant you A, but I can't grant you B. Okay, meaning the... I, I would agree with you. The, the, possi- the probability is that there are other forms of life on tons of other planets. I agree with that. The, the notion that it took the form of intelligent life that differed markedly from the development of human beings, I actually I, I have questions about that because I, I wonder whether there are really a lot of other evolutionary pathways to intelligence, given that like there's only one that we know about and it looks like us. So I'm, I'm wondering, like there, there's all sorts of speculation about like weird lobster-looking creatures that are super-duper smart and fly spaceships. Yeah. I'm like I, I'd like to see some evidence... Like, we're pretty smart and we fly spaceships, so why shouldn't the aliens look like us would be one question. But even if that were the case, let's, let's assume for a second that we're like in the mid-level of sophistication. We're not even remotely close to being able to travel to other, other systems where we can experience other civilizations. What is the idea that they have somehow conquered space and time? Well, because there are planets that have been around billions of years longer than us. Well, and we're much older than presumably other civilizations because all time is relative. Well, sure. And there are probably civilizations that aren't anywhere close to us in advancement, but most likely there are many that are well beyond us. Why do you think they would be able to, in just a few short billion years, cross these expanses? I mean, that it's in, about? right. It's inconceivable to us. But you also have to keep in mind the 20th century. I mean, going into the 20th century, the universe century, is only like five and a half billion years well, old. I know, but going into the 20th century, you know, you, you still had horse and buggy. So, uh, and and then very shortly after that, we're going to the moon. It is true. I'm only, so, I'm only half joking. Yeah, but then it's all, I, been, it's all been downhill since then. So I'm only well, half true. joking when I observe yeah, but, the cha- <laughs> that the, the AI art programs went, like, like 
a month ago, they couldn't do hands. Like you'd put in yeah. hands and it'd have like 17 fingers and a hot dog coming out of them. And now they can make, you know, cars. Ooh, should we talk about AI? AI? so fast. Can we talk about AI? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. We, we We're still talking about aliens. We are not talking about aliens. We should talk about AI. AI and is then, fascinating. There is one other topic. I, listen, I don't want to interrupt our fanciful musings mm -hmm. on the bazillions of uh, aliens out there trying to invade us. But um, are we entering into World War III? Is there a civil war in well, Russia? Richard Wagner took over, almost took over Russia. Different, yeah. different Wagner, different way. Diff different, yeah. Not, I, not, not, the, not the ring cycle guy. Mm -hmm, yeah, because I kind of, I get Nazi-esque ring cycle guy. Yeah, I know. A, a different Nazi-esque weird guy. <laughs> Actually, no, no, this was my favorite part of the whole story. So this guy, Prigozhin, with the Wagner group, the Wagner group, if you're, you know, like very sophisticated, uh, goes in, leads a march up to Moscow. He's really angry because the Russian defense minister, Shoigu, attacked his paramilitary, like warlord troop. And so he's going to go up there. Now he's exiled to Belarus. I'm sure he'll be totally fine, though. Putin's a really forgiving yeah, guy. Yeah, no, he's going to be found having committed suicide by hitting himself <laughs> repeatedly in the back of the head with a tire, a tire iron. By drinking a gallon of, the of his head, And then unfortunately being thrown by himself off a fourth-story <laughs> window and then run over twice by a car. But my favorite part of the story was, for by a himself. brief, like, six or ten hours, you had all these liberals on Twitter and on the Internet, and they were, they the were hero rooting, waiting for. rooting for the psycho Russian <laughs> warlord to take over the nuclear force. By the way, he, like, I have to say, everything in Russia is so stereotypically Russian. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Like, th this is a dude who ran a hot dog stand and is known as the chef. That's so amazing. He, he ran a hot dog. He literally ran a hot dog stand, and then he became the chef by being Putin's caterer because Putin made him like one of his oligarchs. And then he created like an entire paramilitary system where he paid him billions of dollars for his paramilitary. And then Putin was so weak that he had to call the Chechnyans, right? He was about to call the Chechnyans to defend Moscow. When this guy's, but here's the thing I have a problem with with this coup. Why didn't you send an email? It feels like really, really like a lot to, to, like if I were just pissed off at the Secretary of Defense and then I were not going to complete a coup, I would mainly be like, you know, he's a bad Secretary of Defense. Hit send. And then I'd probably just go back to ruling Syria and almost all of Africa. So instead he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, in ridiculous fashion, march five minutes up the road toward Moscow. And then I'm going to not. And I'll end up in romantic Belarus. There's an important <laughs> where I weigh radiation poisoning. An important it's like he piece was of listening or reading like Don Quixote and was like, "This is my moment. This is my time. Yeah. I'm going to go on my hero's journey yeah. until <laughs> I don't. So, Never mind." There's great home. advice that came out of The Wire, which is, "If you come at the king, you best not miss." I can't imagine this turns out very well for Prigozhin and the Wagner group. But what does it mean? Does it mean that Putin is really weakened? Does it mean he's going to pull out of Ukraine? Does it mean that this war is ever going to come to an end? Does it mean that we're going to enter into World War III? Like, th my favorite part, other than the joke of the libs, you know, rooting for this psycho warlord is nobody knows a damn thing about Russian politics. Nobody seems to know. He kills everyone who, like, tries to penetrate the shield of Russian politics. Like, literally everyone dies. You know how many yeah. reporters have been killed over there? I mean, it's, it's insane. I mean, they're currently holding a Wall Street Journal reporter, right? I mean, like, this is... This is not a place you want to be. Yeah. So the, the is the war going to end? Probably not, because he has to keep throwing people in that meat grinder in the hopes that eventually there will be some sort of settlement. Is it is the worst case scenario him falling? Quite possibly, because one of the things that actually yeah. was exposed here is that if he falls, the most organized forces in the country are variously the Wagner group, which is like psychotic and the Chechnyans, and the Chechnyans <laughs> which is, so that sounds great. Having those two groups fight over, you know, 2,500 nuclear weapons sounds amazeballs. That'll probably work out amazing for everyone. So, you know, listen, Henry Kissinger, who's been much maligned, uh, that he, his main rule is avoid the least, avoid the worst outcome. Avoiding the worst outcome is typically a, a fairly decent way of doing foreign policy. And the worst outcome would probably be a giant internal battle in Russia involving people firing weapons at each other while there are 2,000 loose nukes. That seems like the worst available outcome. Yeah.
This, so, is, this is where you see the absurdity of Twitter the most, I think, because uh, I, yeah, I checked in with Twitter when this was all going on on Saturday morning. And what I discovered is, uh, number one, everyone knows everything about Russian politics. I was the only one. I said, I don't know who this guy is. Like, I don't know anything about this. I know. I'm totally clueless about it. I know nothing. Uh, so everyone knows anything, everything about it. And it's the most important thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then you check back 24 hours later and no one cares anymore. Pergosian who? Yeah, exactly. Who? And makes I, I will, amazing hot dogs. This yeah. is, uh, to me, this is the one, this is the best argument for Trump, actually. This, this is the one thing on the, the, the Trump uh, supporters in the primary say that, that I basically agree with, that um, I probably trust him the most to not get us involved in World War III. Yep. Uh, he had the I, most I, peaceful foreign policy of any president. Yeah, life. because I, th- I think he just doesn't care. I, I think he doesn't care what's going on in the rest of the world. He doesn't want to get involved, which is basically m- my p- position. And uh, it's the position I want the president to have. I, DeSantis, I basically trust as well, but we don't know enough about his uh, foreign policy. I, I, we just don't. We might talk more about it, but not for all those hoi polloi over there on YouTube. We're going to talk about it in the member block. The show continues now at Daily Wire for our members. We're going to be taking your questions live. We're going to be talking about the things we're not allowed to talk about on YouTube. You know what I'm talking about? Like there was a guy. Don't say it, Michael. All right, I'm not going to, but it's like a thing. No, no, don't say it. But you know, we all know what I'm talking about. Okay, we're going to talk about that over here. For our members, dailywire.com. We're going to be talking about the release of a very exciting project convicting a murderer Join Candace Owens as she discovers the hidden truth of a notorious criminal case, making a murderer depicted Stephen Avery as a victim of corrupt law enforcement. But there is more to the story, and Candace reveals the shocking untold aspects omitted by the Netflix series. All of this and more coming soon to Daily Wire Plus. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe, where I promise you we will not speak of aliens. See you there.